News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me like always. Uh, we got Rick Van Dyvenike and Jill Van Dyvenike. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. Okay, here we are. The sun is shining today. The sun uh, is shining. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's and it's a beautiful weekend. Hopefully the weather's going to warm up for us. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. But, I see hey. a running crew coming down the river here right now. And I think that uh, the sun coming out is definitely getting people out and about. No doubt. Yeah. Well, even, you know, even though it hasn't really been above zero for much of the province recently, there's been a lot of melting going on. Like that sun has a lot of intense heat in it now, doesn't yeah. it? It really like you can feel the warmth of the sun. Like even in you're sitting in the car and you can, you can feel it on your skin, you know, yeah. uh, or you're outside. We'll talk and, about that too, because that's important to know for your juniper cedars. And we'll exactly. talk about that later on as well. So, but there's a lot of puddles and a lot of frozen drain basins. So there's a lot of swamped out, uh, yeah, <laughs> intersections absolutely. lately. I drive with my car. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have washed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody's saying. But uh, if you're thinking it's a little cool outside right now, there's a place to warm up and really experience spring, mm-hmm. and that is Gardenscape, which is on for the last day today. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's on till five o'clock today. It opens up at a ten o'clock this morning, and until five o'clock today, it's at the Prairieland Park. And then at six um, o'clock is the plant sale and auction. Right. Yeah. Now I know a lot of other um, places and cities around around Saskatchewan and Alberta are having their home shows and garden shows right now too. So it's a good thing just to look up um, and you can kind of tour around and see all the different garden shows. And a lot of the garden centers are starting to open up on the weekends, um, even now or even on Sundays, so you can extend Gardenscape and and attend the garden centers as well. Exactly. But you know what? If you're listening right now and you're thinking, hmm, what am I going to do today? You know, it's just a Sunday. Grab the kids. Grab the family. Go for a, a drive. Even if you're out of town, there's lots of time to get to Saskatoon. There's a lot of people from out of town. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's, yeah. it's great. And the best thing about Gardenscape, if you've never been to this show, uh, is that you get to experience spring because there's the trade show aspect of it, yeah. but with all kinds of vendors and, and it's all related to outdoor living and backyards and things like that. However, uh, the crew that puts on this show has spent a heck of a lot of time building indoor gardens with plants that have been forced. So there's tulips and what's... Hyacinths yeah. are my favorite. They smell so fragrant. That's the purple one, right? They're, they're purple and pink ones. Yes. Yes. And they, oh man, you, you walk in the door and it just, the wave of, of scent hits you, you know? There's kind of that smell of earth in the air. There's lots of, you know, lots of these gardens sort of set up around there. I was walking around yesterday. We came to the show, my wife and I, and, uh, I, <laughs> it was sort of cute because I, I actually stopped near one of the garden boxes and sort of stuck my face in it because it smells so good. <laughs> and a lady walking by me, be, beside me, she goes, Oh, that's so great. You know, stopping to smell the flowers. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, I guess you're right, but that, was you know when can you get to do that yeah, well, you know yeah. otherwise especially this time of year and and it's great too there's a program called the master gardeners program with the u of s and a lot of the volunteers from that program they come and they actually help plant all the flower beds mm-hmm. as well too so so you said the plant auction that's at the end of the show today so all these plants there's all the gardens and hyacinths and all those get pulled out of the gardens and then brought over to an area where we have a seating area where we have an auction and we sell everything off there's a lot of just a plant sale like mm-hmm. we just sell them off so many so much a plant, 
And then after that, then the rest of it gets auctioned off. And that starts at 6 o'clock tonight? That starts at 6, yes. So if you're looking for something to do today and you're feeling gardeny, that's the that's the way to go is uh, oh, get yourself a gardenscape. And they also have a super dogs event there too. And so they have these dogs that do agility and all sort of jumps and dances. And, oh, it's it's so much fun. The kids just love it's it. It's just packed. Like yeah. the, the bleachers are packed around that one. So the, yeah, and the that's kids, at 4 o'clock today. You know what I love about gardenscape is everybody comes in and you see the... the they come into the building and they just got a smile on their face. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from a lot of the vendors they, that they love this show the best because that's how everybody is. They just have a smile on the face. They're just, they say, we're done with, we're done with winter. Mm-hmm. We're ready for spring. Exactly. Bring it on. Exactly. Plants make people happy. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Okay. So anyways, uh, go to gardenscapeshow.ca if you want more information on what you can see there today. But I really highly encourage you to get down there. I had a great time yesterday. It was really enjoyable. And I think you'll love it too. Okay. Uh, text line one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We'll get there in a second. We've actually got a phone call. And in Saskatoon right now, Rita is joining us. Good morning, Rita. Morning. Good morning. Hi there. What's your I'm question? I'm calling first? about my hibiscus plant. I, I got it last year, and it bloomed a lot during the summer. But, of course, during this, the last winter, it wasn't getting much sun. But I cha- it was root-bound, and I repotted it. And uh, the, the, it's growing and everything, but the leaves are quite brittle. So I brought it into the sink and sprayed it, misted the leaves. Is there anything else I should do? Um, it sounds like you're doing everything right. Um, the hibiscus plant, they tend to go dormant in the wintertime to the point where they'll almost drop drop all their leaves sometimes. Now, what you can do is give those uh, that new growth a little bit of a trim. I just trim the tips off on it, and that's going to provide more bushing and branching, which in turn is going to give you some more new growth. The other thing that you want to do is you want to start fertilizing it. So make sure that you are fertilizing it. It's getting the sunlight hours are increasing, and you're getting lots of new growth on it. And you just transplanted it, so that plant yeah, is I've going been through. Fer- a lot. I started fertilizing it. Yeah, already. perfect. And, and every, start, about every two weeks, you want to fertilize and it. And what you'll start getting a lot of the flowers once the roots hit the outside of the pot again. Mm-hmm. That's when they tend to want to flower a lot again. So then, yeah. So just be patient. And but you need to find a window that has direct sunlight. So that's, well, that's where it is now. Yeah, that's perfect. Getting full sun. Yep. South or west would be perfect. Yep. Yeah. So just don't overwater. That's the big thing right now. Okay. Just make sure you oh, stick, okay. stick your finger into the soil. And if you go down to your knuckle and you feel moisture, don't water it. And that was one good point that you had. You said you took it into the sink and you're misting it. Well, how much should we be misting indoor plants? And you should only be misting them enough that the water is able to evaporate off of them within about 30 seconds to a minute. If you're misting them so much that they're dripping and just sort of sitting like that, that's when you're going to start getting funguses and molds on your plants. So make sure you just just a light mist is good. Thanks, Rita. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's the number you can call to join the conversation. You can call that or you can text that, and we'll get uh, your text on as well. So, uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come up with uh, a, a great story from Gardenscape yesterday that we'll uh, share when we get back. We're also going to uh, get Maureen's text on here, talking about uh, peat pots and watering from the bottom. So we'll go with some of that, some seed starting stuff that she's got questions about when we get back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. 
Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and we've got a good story from Garden Talk to talk about, or Gardenscape, I should say. Uh, but we've got a call that's in right now. So we're yep. going to start with that. We'll get to our, our, our story in a minute here. We're going to go right now to Lloyd Minster and talk to Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Um, good morning. I just wanted to know, my dog seems to go in the bathroom in the garden. Now, what can I do to regenerate the garden? Probably the best thing that affected. Yeah, basically the best thing you could probably do is add some gypsum. Okay, gypsum okay. will help neutralize it, but also help uh, aerate it quite a bit, so that you because you got to release that it's it's urea, right? It's urine, it's urea. So what's going to happen is that there's going to be such concentrations of urea in there that your plants are just going to burn. Okay. Okay. And yeah. the other thing you can do is there's a product called Dog Spot Repair, yeah. and you can pick that up as well, and it will also help neutralize yeah. the urine and uh, and help it so that you can plant some more grass seed there. But I think what what you can do, especially the gypsum, because gypsum we put in gardens anyways, because it keeps okay. them from compacting, okay? It keeps them so they're a lot looser. So I would suggest if your dog is doing it there, um, you've got a male or a female dog? Female. Female dog? Okay, so it squats. The male dog, you can usually put a post up and you get them to go in one spot. You know, females are tougher to do that. But, uh, okay. but, but otherwise, yeah, you might want to, you might eventually want to put up a, a, I've seen that a lot of people do is they put up a little fence area so the dog goes in, you train the dog to go into that little fence area and it does it in one spot all the time rather than all over the place. Sounds like you have some okay. training to do, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but but otherwise, yeah, okay. use the gypsum. You can use the, the dog spot repair. Uh, those two things will help. Uh, and, and then and before you put the garden in, I suggest give your your garden a good soak. Okay, first of all, and then and okay, then that so. will help leach it out as well. And uh, but put the gypsum in, rototill it into your garden, and then that will help uh, aerate it and and also. Uh, um, Break down that urea so it's not so concentrated. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Nathan. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're gonna get some Maureen's text in a moment here. So Gardenscape is on right now in Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon till five o'clock. I shouldn't say on right now. It starts at ten o'clock this morning. Yes. Ten till five. Goes till five. It's the last day of the show. Yep. Yesterday, uh, though, it was uh, a little bit on, of a celebrity challenge, on right? Friday. We oh, did Friday. That. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So you got a story, Jill? Um, well, I don't really have the story, but Rick Moore does. I, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> Jill and I do the celebrity uh, uh, event. We've been doing this for years. For together. years, and so we get a lot of the the media pe- personality up there, and, and yeah, I got, we, I got to go once. They, I remember that. They it was got fun. to go and they, we plant up a, a planter, right, with all the flowers and everything else, and then uh, basically the the audience uh, is giving tips and everything else, and then at the end the audience gets to judge it, right? And it's a time to. Right, so you've got yep. you got a, you got a, two people. You got to pick the pot you're going to use. Yep. You got a whole bunch of plants laid out. You got to pick the plants. I'll give them some general instruction, yeah. but uh, it's more like have fun. I know you don't know anything about gardening, and let's see who can create right. the big, yep. best arrangement. The best arrangement yep. in that pot, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'm up there, you know, doing my own what I normally do, just talking about gardenscape, the weather, everything else. Yep. You know, get going. All of a sudden, Jill comes up and she starts introducing the celebrities, right? And so she's introducing the celebrities, and then all of a sudden they're coming up one by one, and global television, you know, CGWW, mm-hmm. all the different people from different radio stations and that <laughs> television. And uh, all of a sudden it says, well, one person didn't show up. 
And uh, all of a sudden, then she pulls, had a card out there and it said Susan Kuzma, which is because we usually have a backup person. So she's in part of Prairie Land Exhibition and, mm-hmm. and her card's there. And I figured, oh, Susan's going to be doing it. I didn't, I didn't even That's hear interesting. That's interesting. Susan's never done it before. She's never done it before. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she comes up right beside me where the table is. And then all of a sudden, she pulls my name card under, from underneath Susan's. <laughs> we had a plan. <laughs> she had a plan. And I didn't have a clue about it. And I'm sitting in front of all these people and all of a sudden, I don't have a clue. <laughs> And all of a sudden she says, okay, Rick's going to be our celebrity. And then all of a sudden, but then she brings out these great big, uh, like, uh, they were beautiful sunglasses, like Elton John sunglasses. <laughs> okay. They were bigger than Elton John sunglasses. <laughs> okay. And then they're blacked out. So I got to do a, bl- I got to do a blindfolded, right? <laughs> so, and then, then she picks a, a, a girl about 12 years old from the crowd. And then she comes up and she's my eyes. Right? I don't have a clue this is happening. He okay? was blind. She was, was more like seven. Was she seven? <laughs> yeah. She's pretty, she was a tall seven-year-old. Then. She was more like seven. <laughs> okay. So anyways, and then all of a sudden Jill says, okay, as we're going, he says, she says, you know, dad, you got to come and smell this flower that she, that she picked for I you. I want you to identify, identify what, what it is. is. So I bend down and I'm smelling it. And all of a sudden she, all of a sudden she wiggles this, this plant in my nose and it's a lily. <laughs> oh. And of course now, now I got this yellow nose with pollen all over. My you nose. are so welcome. <laughs> so welcome, Dad. So I'm sitting up there with a yellow nose and big sunglasses. So we're going to call you Ricky the Clown now, But you right? know what? Yeah. The crowd enjoyed him and <laughs> this little girl named Rebecca so much, they actually won the competition yeah. because oh, it's that's... by applause from the audience at the end. So <laughs> it was kind of cute. Like a vaudeville act. Yeah. Hey, that's great. <laughs> Only my daughter would do something like that's that. That's good. Right? That's yeah. good. I that's love good. you. Just, I love you. Yeah, thanks. one eight seven seven. 332-8255. That's the number you can call and you can text. That's a good story. Uh, Maureen sent us a text a little earlier. Uh, she's from Saskatoon. She says, good morning. When starting seeds indoors in peat pots, should you water from the bottom? Should the soil be wet thoroughly before planting the seeds or just after? And can you possibly go through the steps for planting indoors? When to start? Asters and cucumbers. Love your show. Thanks so much. Okay. So there's a few questions there. So yeah. let's start about those peat pots. Should they be water from the bottom or the top or it should be moist so before first, the first of all what you want to do is you want to saturate them first so they expand by adding water to them so they want to be the completely saturated and then what i usually do when i water them is i will bottom water them but i'll have a mister as well and i'll make sure i'm misting the top as well too so that they're staying moist all the time especially when the seed is germinating you do not want to let them dry out so when you have the plant growing you allow things to dry out slightly between watering but when you're germinating a seed you want it to stay moist all the time. So the peat pea pods that you get, you soak them, or yep. basically, yes. right? Mm-hmm. They expand, they get all they puffy and fluffy. They're moist there. Then you put the seed in, yep. and like you said, from bottom watering at and, that point, well, and, then you and a little bit mist on top. Continue to keep some, yeah. some little bit of water in but them while they are growing. Most likely, you're not going to really bottom water after it's been saturated when you put your seed in. Okay. You're going to do your bottom watering after they've germinated and got some roots there. Okay. okay. After that, after they've saturated, they're going to stay wet. They're not going to go dry because there's nothing to suck the moisture out of them, right? Mm-hmm. So you're basically misting them just to keep that that surface, because your seed is just on the surface itself or just barely underneath the surface. So that top is going to dry out quicker, but the bottom will still be wet. So if you bottom water again, you're actually going to make the soil too wet. 
Right. And the other trick to germinating them is is heat. So you want to be able to put a dome on top, and that dome is going to create humidity, which is yes. also going to keep them nice and moist, too, yep. right. Right? right? So that is important, is yep. make sure you have the heat. So make sure you have bottom heat or put a dome on top. And once you get about 80% germination, that means just the leaves poking out of the soil, Take that dome, dome off, off right away, mm-hmm. and that will prevent the stretching. When we say bottom heat, there are electric heated mats. Yes, they're rubber mats. Yes, a heating pad. That uh, go underneath, yep. right? Mm-hmm. You put them underneath your tray. The pots go yep. in, there's, and then there's a dome that goes on top. They're seed-starting heat mats. They're especially yep. made for that, yeah? Exactly. They're waterproof. They're yep. not going to short out, that kind of thing. Yep. So you do that, yep. and then uh, the last question that uh, Maureen had was, can you go through some steps of uh, starting asters and cucumbers? So do we have any... Uh, I guess it's it's all about days to germination, well, right? Cucumbers, um, you're going to be starting. Well, getting close now. You know, I think middle- usually about uh, beginning of April is when yeah. I would start my cucumbers. You don't want to start those too early in the house, just because uh, they get so big so fast, and they also will get mildew on them as well mm-hmm. too. Yeah, so if you are going to start a cucumber in the house, make sure that you have a small fan to keep the airflow go- going. And if you do start seeing powdery mildew, you want to grab a sulfur or garden fungicide spray and make sure you're spraying them every ten days to sort of prevent that. And also, you know what I've heard too is that would work too. And and if you can Google that too, is you can mix milk with water, mm-hmm. and the protein yes. in milk yes. will will, uh, will take away the powdery mildew as well. I've actually right. heard great success with that. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, asters. What are asters, anyways? I'm, I'm asters not... are an annual flower. You flower, can also yeah. get them as a perennial too. So it depends if you're growing the annual aster. You'll want to start those about middle to end of March. Um, the perennial ones, I would start them even earlier. So probably early March and of February. Um, um, and um, yeah, if you're going to start them now. You're just not going to have that many flowers this year. The perennial one will be flowering the following year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. And and the key to success with any of the flowers is as you're transplanting and bumping them up, make sure that the roots hit the edge of the pot and are almost root bound before you're transplanting them up to the next size. Okay, all right. Gardenscape starts in half an hour in Saskatoon Prairieland Park. If you haven't planned on going already or you haven't made it there this weekend, it's the last day. Open till five o'clock. You're going to love it. Make sure you get down there. Let's take a quick news break right now for everybody. Uh, an update is on the way, and then we'll be back with more. We've got a, a comment from Julie about the dog uh, pee. We had that yep. question come in. Our, our Maybe she's got some tips. She's got us. some tips. She's got some ideas Love for it. us, Love which it. is great. We'll get more to that in just a second, so hang on. Uh, we, we're going to go to our news update here in about a minute. Um, you know what? Let's go, let's go to that text right now. Okay. Julie said in Battleford, um, dog peeing suggestions. So she had her dog on the lawn all the time. Yep. When she did, she drenched that spot with water. Yeah, absolutely. About at least a gallon kept the grass and plants from browning. Otherwise, train the dog not to go in the garden, she says, which was kind of what the comment we had for our, our, our caller as yeah. well. But uh, A little hard to do that in the wintertime. Exactly. But, that's, but, that's the tough part. But that's the tough part, but that's the problem where most people have the problem because the dog has been doing it in one spot all winter and you haven't had the chance to leach it out. In the summertime, yeah, you can turn the sprinklers on, you can water down. So that it does get dilute. But just like you shovel your driveway, you might have to shovel a place in your backyard for yep. the dog to go. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I know like, I've got a little small fence that keeps my dog from going on the lawn. He kind of goes in, in a you know gravel area. Yep. But he's a little dog, and some dogs can jump awfully high. So <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's not going to work, right? Yep. <laughs> it's all about that training. Okay, news update for everybody right now. We're back with more after this. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.
Thanks for joining us here on Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. The sun is shining, uh, although the weather is not that warm, guys. Like, what's going on here? I was just looking, just looking this morning, uh, the next two weeks, okay, until, what, April the 7th or so, 9th or so? Um, we're at the very end of that. We finally get to a couple days where in a row where we have above zero. And that's, that's like two weeks away. So we're not going to have all the snow, uh, between that. You have a bit of, even though it's, it's a, it's, it still might be minus two or three, you're still melting. I mean, some of these snow, I noticed that around my yard. I mean, some of these snow banks and that with the sun beating right on it. Cause you, you talked earlier about mm-hmm. the sun being more intense, right? Yes. And it is. And so you are getting a little bit melting, uh, especially if you got a little bit of dirt in your snow and that kind of stuff. The, the sun hits that black and then melts everything around it, right? Right. But I'd almost prefer this being a little bit colder, a little bit longer, and then it being warm and staying warm rather than what we had last year where it got really warm and then we got really cold right till past the May long weekend last mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. like tomorrow night's like, supposed to be, what do we want? Tomorrow night's supposed to be like minus 23 or something like that. Uh, my only, my only, or tonight, I mean, yeah. Yeah. My only problem is it just, it's just dragging this out, right? Yeah. It's this, you know, it's melting so slowly, well, right? That's uh, kind of frustrating. I mean, we the want part- a year like Two years ago, when it was like really hot, like middle of middle of March, and it stayed warm all yeah. summer long. Yeah, but don't forget the farming community want a slow melt. Yes, that's true. Right, they want it to soak in. They don't want it to. Mm-hmm. But right now, we just need a little bit warmer. Right. Yeah, we don't want it. We don't want it 10, 10, 12, 15 degrees right away because then you're going to have this water running everywhere. Right. We want it to soak in. That's true. Yeah. And there, there is, you know, we did. There was some more recent snows. Only a. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, even three, four weeks ago, yep. uh, you know, there was one that was uh, hit Regina, the south part of the province, yep. pretty good uh, about a month ago. And that, you know, there was quite a bit of snow there, actually, that, that filled things in. And that, that's, so a good, that's, that's a good thing. Positive. Yeah. It's positive. It's just... With the uh, drought we had, we need that moisture, right? But you know, like some people say, I'd rather see a couple of good rains in April. Yeah, that's, now, you that's true. You were talking about the intensity of the sun um, and, and how it yeah. hits your junipers and evergreens. That's, you know, if you have junipers and cedars that are susceptible to burning, you've done it before, this is going to be a bad year for that. Just because the snow is hanging around, the sun is getting higher in the air, right? And when we do get that warming, the sun's going to reflect off the snow. And then, and then desiccate, basically dry out your needles. Mm-hmm. And because then the roots are frozen, so it can't replenish that moisture in the needles. So if you have to, if you know you have that problem and you start seeing some browning on it, you need to take some burlap and you need to wrap, wrap those plants even right now. If okay. you get plus temperatures, if people still have some wilt proof uh, laying around, if can they pl- spray that? Yeah, if it's plus temperatures, you can spray wilt proof on. It's it's a basically a foley guard is another name for it. It's a wax that coats the the needles and then it doesn't let them desiccate. It doesn't mm-hmm. let them dry out. It uh, works really well. Works well, and like I said, so does the burlap, and uh, just make sure that it's. Everybody thinks that they're putting burlap to protect them from the cold in January and February. That's not what the burlap's for. It's just protect them from the sun. Right. Okay. And so it's it's sun and a little bit of the wind from drying them out. And so that's why even right now, you, you can just wrap right around the plant itself. Uh, if you've got an upright cedar or juniper or something like mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. starting to brown. Or create or, a screen so that the sun's not as intense when it's high, high up in the afternoon. If you're on an acreage or farm, you've got all these little tiny spruce trees sticking up through the snow. Uh, what you can do is you might have an area where, you know, you cleared snow and you have some dirt exposed or something like that. You can actually take some dirt up in a pail or something like that, and you can spread it over top of the snow around the plants, darken the snow, mm-hmm. right, or ashes or anything like that, darken the snow, and then you won't get the reflection and you won't get the needles turning purple or brown on you on those little little evergreens sticking out of the snow. Right, right. So that's it's the reflection that gets them.
Gotcha. Okay. okay. Uh, we've taken kind of an interesting turn with our texts because we had one call that started this all about, uh, you know, dogs going to the bathroom in the garden. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Jeremy uh, from Unity asked us this. My cat's litter is going into the garden area. One male and one female cat. Does anything have to be done in the st- spring when I till that in? Yeah, it's not a good idea to put the litter in that area. Okay. Um, just because of... of of the of the intense intensity of all the urine and everything else that's in it, um, you might have some vermiculite in there, though. Yeah, the vermiculite that that's that's the saving grace part of it. You know yeah. that that will help to aerate it. And it's the big thing, like she said, the big thing is rototilling it, and so that you get it moved around, so you don't have a concentration of it in one spot. Right. Okay. So don't don't dump it. And the other thing that you might want to do is test your pH maybe later and just uh, sort of see where your pH is at in your garden. And just like I was talking about earlier, adding some of that gypsum, Mm -hmm. you know, that'll just help aerate the soil and also help uh, uh, neutralize sort of the soil a bit and then... uh, and then buffer that 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 pH and and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So they so um, doing. So where that do we want our pH sitting? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Everybody should know what the pH of their garden is. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Right. Okay. So uh, is there a test you can do at home? Get yourself a test kit at, at your. They have them at garden centers. They have them at the chain stores. They have them everywhere. You can pick them up easy. Mm-hmm. Just have to pick. Go to the pharmacy and pick up some distilled water. Don't use tap water to do your test with because right. it will throw the results out. Use distilled water, and then you, um, from there you, you're, you can do your test and figure out where your pH is. It tells you whether you need to add sulfur, or, sulfur. or aluminum sulfate or maybe you need to add lime. Not very many people have to add lime, but Not mostly here. sulfur. But uh, there are some areas that you might have to add lime. Mm-hmm. Um, in BC, they all they don't sell sulfur. They sell all lime. Right. And so... Um, but there might place up by Prince Albert or, you know, different places down by the, you know, Cypress Hills and that place and different places they might have to add um, to add lime. Right. Okay. Uh, so, Jeremy, but, but advice for Jeremy is maybe not, maybe that stuff shouldn't go in the garden, though. It should just kind of go in the bin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't, don't like to add things like that where I'm going to be growing my food. Yeah, yeah right? now you can add that to the to the green bin. Yeah. Keeping this uh, this going, Victoria from Wilcox said, Hi guys, regarding the pea, you may want to adjust the dog's diet. I had issues with yellow patches of the grass too. I switched to a food that was raw, dehydrated, all natural, just 14 ingredients and no more yellow patches. Mm. So that's interesting too, yeah. Because there, there certainly is uh, different levels of dog food you can buy, right? There's, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, stuff like you're talking about, Victoria, that's, that's really natural and stuff that uh, not necessarily so natural so and there's, there's even things like dog rocks you know yes talking dog rocks some little things you put into the water so that helps to change there again it helps change the composition of the of the of the water and so then your your urine is not quite as intense yeah i've used i've used the dog rocks and they're really yep. easy because they go in the, the the dog's water dish yep. and they're just filtering that water basically that's right yeah that's what, yep. what they're doing and then when you're done, when they last about, I don't know, a couple months, something like that, yep. and you get a new set, and then those two go out uh, into the rock bed. Yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> you replace them with another set. one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 So, hey, we've got Easter right around the corner, too. This is coming up quickly, right? Yep. So I'm thinking we should talk about some Easter plants. Yeah, so the Easter lilies are starting to come out, and... Uh, a lot of Easter lilies I'm seeing right now have so many blooms on them, like the seven plus blooms is usually what I'm looking for. So when you're looking for an Easter lily and picking your
your perfect plant. You want to look to see that they have leaves all the way down to the bottom. They got nice blooms on them that are tight and only a couple of them are open because then they'll last the longest for you. And I'm usually looking for Easter Lily that has about seven plus blooms on it. Um, the other plant that you see a lot of right now, and I was talking about this in my seminar at Gardenscape, um, is the hydrangea. Yeah, I was, I was saying that's the big one. And yep. the hydrangea is absolutely beautiful. They come in bright blues and purples and lavenders, and they're just they're just so gorgeous, but they're hard to take care of in the home. And we have a lot of people who have not much success, and the reason why is because they're planted in such a small pot, and to get them to force to bloom, they're quite root-bound. So if you want to have sex, success with a hydrangea long-term, pot it up into a larger pot. Go at least two to three inches bigger in mm-hmm. diameter, mm-hmm. put it in a nice pot, and put it in a bright indirect area. Take it so, out of the foil. As well. Yeah, take it out of that foil pot. Um, bright indirect area. So make sure that it's not in the hot, hot sun. And then stick your finger into the soil and allow it to dry out slightly, but don't let it dry out completely. That's a big key with that one too. You'll see them, the, a lot of times the, the little petals will start to sort of droop a bit. Yeah. Now that could be two things. It could be too dry. Or it also could wet. be too wet. Right. So just when you see them drooping, just don't start adding the water to it, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's and right. And stick your finger into the soil and make sure. And then if you do that, then you can keep your hydrangeas for a long and time. And these hydrangeas, they're a houseplant variety hydrangea. Yeah. They're not a shrub here in Saskatchewan where they'll survive the winter, but they will survive as a container gardening plant on your deck in an east location. Yep. So you can continue to get them to bloom all summer long. Yep. Now, one thing, if you want them to stay that blue color, you need to add a little bit of aluminum sulfate yep. to the soil. Otherwise, they'll turn pink with other, water. Otherwise, right. they'll turn yeah. pink or white. Right. We know, in fact, we're going to talk about uh, deck gardening and raised garden boxes with a text from Karen in a Saskatoon in a second here. So we'll get back to that in a moment. We've got to take a quick break. More to come. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Doors open in 10 minutes for Gardenscape, Prairieland Park. Saskatoon. Go for a drive. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. So even if you're not in the city, and I'll grab the family, grab the kids or grandkids. It's a family-friendly event. There's even like a little corral with a bunch of little bouncy things. Little, probably little kitty it, corral. Probably not going to make it from Regina today, though. You could. Why not? You'd be there if you left right now. It's 10 o'clock. You'd be here sort of like 1230. Yeah. Grab be some lunch. perfect afternoon. Yeah. Come stop by the garden center. You can there see you the plants in the tropicals. Whatever happened to the family Sunday drive? Yep. Did anybody do that anymore? We used to do that as a kid. You just get in the car on Sunday and, I don't know, go. point in a direction and go see something. I don't know. Does anybody do that anymore? I don't know. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. I need to start doing that with my children. one 877 This is a text from Karen in Saskatoon. Good morning. What kind of soil mixture should be used when filling new raised garden boxes? Okay, so th- there, there again on the new raised boxes, uh, you can use straight topsoil if you want, but then you need to mix in different things like perlite, vermiculite, or something to make it more loose, even cocoa. Even cocoa I'm mulch. finding the cocoa core is, cocoa is cores. really nice in those, yeah. in those raised beds. It adds uh, a little bit of a layer, so it, it sort of wedges between that uh, topsoil so it doesn't um, harden as much, and it also retains the moisture too. So I find that that cocoa core is better than peat moss. Do you mix it in? You mix it in, okay. yeah. Now, the biggest question I had all weekend, because Jill built a garden with some raised gardens in it, right? As At Gardenscape. It's, At called, Gardenscape. it's called... Farm to table. Farm to table, right? So she has a table set up with all the vegetables on it right beside the gardens, mm-hmm. right? And so it's pretty pretty cool. And uh, But people are asking me, okay, well, uh, with pressure-treated wood, that's how most, a lot of people build you know, with brown wood or green wood, right? Yep. What do I do to line those for 
because I don't want the contamination from the pressure treated, right, to come in. So all you have to do then is you just have to line, I always say just line your outside edge before you fill it up with a landscape, like a heavy duty landscape fabric. Not the cheap stuff like you buy for, you know, six ninety five. you know, for three. Yeah, it's really, gold. really thin, yes. Buy the, it's called Pro 5, which is the heavy duty stuff. It's really tightly woven and it's thicker. And usually they're rated for, I think, about 25 to 50 years. Yeah, so you stick it around the outside edge and so you got a barrier between your your soil and your 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 wood that you have on the outside. It'll also protect your wood from rotting a lot quicker as well. We've also just suggested in the past even using uh, the hard styrofoam insulation, yep. right? That yep. would work as a, as a barrier yep. and as, as a bit of an And you could do insulator. that too, especially if you're going to have some plants that you're going to keep in there, like you're going to put some garlic or something like that, you're going to keep in there all winter long, right? Right. To stop the horizontal frost from coming in, that would work very well. And that well. would that would be a good barrier that, there's for barrier the wood as well. On top of that as well, correct. Yeah, so well, you could do that. One thing when I'm doing my... my garden beds, I like to do one-third, one-third, one-third. So one-third topsoil, yep. one-third compost, and then one-third or maybe a little bit less of like the cocoa core yep. or a little bit of peat or something that's going to add some air and hold some yep. moisture. So that's a good rule of thumb. Remember with your raised beds, you are going to be watering them more often than if they're in the ground. So that means you're going to have to up your fertilizer a little bit and that means that they're going to compact a little bit more. So that's why you want to just add a little bit more of that yep. compost just in there. Keep them, keep them open. And, and you can also, it's, you don't want to dry out that much. You can also do some mulching in amongst your, once mm-hmm. you plant your garden, it gets growing up, you can mulch in between, yes. which will help get the weeds down and also, which is less maintenance, right? And also keep the moisture there as well. Plus in the fall, when everything's all done, yep. you can kind of mix that you in. You can work that in. And it's going to be just good to add to the soil exactly. as well. At the bottom of your raised container, the raised garden bed, do you want it right on meeting the the, the earth that yep. was there to start with? Yeah, You don't, you don't need to want a barrier in between no, that, because right? you want it to drain. Aha. Okay. Right. So if I put a barrier, then it could hold the water, the water there, and I don't want to do that. Right. Right. Okay. Especially if we get some, you know, good downpours of a storm or something like that. You yep. just don't want to, you want it to drain out. Gotcha. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about bulbs, some spring bulb stuff, right? Yeah. So spring bulbs have now come in. If you're looking for tulips, you'll now the, is not the time to get your tulips. You'll see them in all the stores. Spring but bulbs like calla lilies, canna lilies, dahlias, right? Dahlias, the dinner plate dahlias, yep. the ones that are, have blooms like the size of your Size head. of a dinner plate. Yeah, dinner, big. dinner plate. Um, your canna lilies, your calla lilies. Um, now is the time to plant those. And also now is the time that if you've had them into cold storage or you've had them in a garage and to dormancy, you want to be bringing them up and yep. starting them to go. If you're wanting to split any of these, you'll want to do that before they start sprouting. So yep. make sure you're checking those out and make sure you're splitting them as well right now too. Okay. We've got a call that's come in at one 332 We're going to go to Crystal Springs right now and talk to Terry. Hi there, Terry. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm looking, uh, I was reading an article by Sarah Williams about yes. gooseberries. Yep. And I'd like to try growing them, but she doesn't say, um, where do you get them from? Yeah, you can get gooseberries almost any of your garden centers. There's different varieties out there. There's uh, there's ones called Pix- Pixwall, which is the old variety, which is a green one. There's yeah. uh, there's also uh, other ones that are out there as well. You just have to watch. There's about three or four. There's uh, Hinamaki Red. There's Hinamaki Yellow. Uh, there's there's yep. a few other ones out there that'll be good. All of them will do fine. It all depends on the taste you want. Okay. Okay. And is there any is there any special treatment to growing them or no. anything like that? They're, they're tough. They're tough as nails. Taylor? Not a problem. Just so you need just you should have if you have two different varieties, you, you'll get more bear, you'll get more fruit. Okay. And you should plant right. them in a full sun location. Yeah, as well. more full sun the better. 
But other than that, yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, they're tough as nails. They're easy to grow, not hard to grow at all. Fertilizer for them? Uh, fertilizer, just use a, basically a fruit and berry fertilizer. Don't use a regular 20-20-20 and stuff like that. Use a fruit and right. berry. You want all the micronutrients in more than you do the nitrogen, okay? Too much nitrogen will make them not produce as much. Okay. okay. I'll look around and see if I can find some. And right. you'll want to plant them in a space where you have about two to five feet um, of space to, yeah. for them to grow. They'll, they'll grow about, most of them will grow three feet wide by about two to three feet high. Yeah. Okay. Why are, if they're so easy to grow, why are they not so popular? You know what? Because they're prickly. <laughs> I was going to say, they're prickly. Yeah, you got they're kids not around. as fun to prune. <laughs> yeah. Probably, okay, probably yeah. the biggest reason, because they're very prickly. <laughs> That's yeah. probably the biggest reason. I remember when me and you used to have to go out and yeah. do take yeah. cuttings of yeah. them, and those yeah. were the worst ones. Yeah. Worst ones. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your call today, Terry. Thank you very much. All right, yeah. take care. Goodbye, well, no. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'd say the number, but you know we're pretty much out of time. So here we go. We're gonna wrap the show up. Go to Gardenscape. It's a great show. Yeah, great Enjoy show. the smells and the sights and the sounds. Come uh, say hi. Come say hi. Jim, yeah, come say Jim, hi to us. We'll be there, and so come say hi. Maybe you didn't get your question in today. You can yep. come just to Gardenscape and ask it directly to yep. these two. They're going to be there today. Yep. So uh, enjoy the show. Otherwise, thank you for joining us here today. If we didn't get your call, we'll get your call just as we get off the line here. We'll get to, uh, get you on there. Otherwise, catch you at the same time, same place next weekend. Yes. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.